Welcome to No Clue Podcast, episode 179. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. We're back again. Um, officially, four games into the Eastern Conference Finals and three games into the Western Conference Finals. Yes. Uh, which one would you like to start with? We're going to get right into that. We're going to talk about the Lakers coaches, and um, that's probably it for today, for those wondering what yeah. we're going to talk about today. So, which one do you want to start with? We got to start with West, since All right. you know three games in, the series has essentially been decided. I mean, it's been decided. Yeah. Uh, which team do you want to start? I mean, let's start with Dallas. We got to. Yeah, at the time of this podcast, for those listening, um, it is Tuesday, so we've uh, seen the first three games of the series. We actually wanted to go after game two. But um, we kind of wanted to see how it was going to play out. So here we are after game three. <laughs> and uh, you said start with who? Dallas. I'll make the point initially is I really wanted to wait because I was pretty confident it would be 2-1. Mm, yeah. Back in uh, Dallas. Yeah. And, and we kind of differed how we saw game two. But I thought that things Dallas did well in Game Two would translate, which which mm-hmm. isn't very complicated. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it would translate like it did in, in the Phoenix series, it did in the Utah series, and it didn't at all. Right. Um. So, okay. <laughs> so Game One. Let's let's start with Game One. Okay. Game One. The Warriors. Uh, punched Dallas in the mouth, as they say. I I would say, right? Dallas Kent was kind of coming off a high from the Phoenix series, a long series, and they run into Golden State, who, um, you could argue was challenged last series. I don't really think they were challenged that much, but you know, tested a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Golden State won the first game. There's really nothing else to talk about, right? With that, just no. a regular Golden State win. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, it was a lot of guys played well for Golden State. Yeah, that was true. the. I think the biggest difference in this series and why it's kind of looked easy is mm-hmm. in the others. Like Memphis, Pool had to win games for them. Yeah, you remember that first Memphis game? They don't win that if Pool doesn't get thirty. Right. Uh, and and then Clay heated up. Steph had big games. Yeah, they they got multiple guys stepping up coming into this series. Steph and Steph and Clay both for the most of Memphis series played pretty bad, at least shot bad. <clears throat> yeah, definitely shot bad. And and they had way more turnovers in the Memphis series. They had more turnovers I think in one of the Memphis games than they've had this whole series so far. Three games against Dallas. Um, so game two, Dallas is up. By 19 at one point? It wasn't... I felt like it was 21, but yeah, about right. 20-point game. It was a 20-point game, yeah. Definitely. Uh, looked like a blowout. And then third quarter, the Warriors, uh, I think, are officially the best third quarter team in the league now, you think? Yeah, probably. Since uh, LeBron... All LeBron's teams have been terrible lately. Yeah. Uh, they come out the third quarter, come all the way back, rally. Fourth quarter, they take the dub. So in that game, 
what do you think Dallas did well? You said you thought that would carry over. What did you think they did well? I First, thought two games were in Golden State, by the way. Yeah. Was, um, yeah. So that whole first half, they're what, 15 of 27 from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, obviously it was a big reason why they were up. But the thing for me is, and this is where I've criticized the other teams Dallas played, it's, okay, now their guys are shooting well. You got to do something different. Right. Different like we, from... You, we can't just let... We got to run Bullock off the line if he's making shots today. We Finney Smith, same thing. Oh, oh, you're talking about the defense needs to do something different against yes. Dallas. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And I thought yes. Golden State was the first team that didn't overreact to Dallas shooting the ball well. Mm-hmm. Because what happened... That was in the second game? Yeah. In the second half, uh-huh. you come out of halftime, and and this is where we kind of disagreed... I thought the Warrior or I thought Dallas was still getting a lot of good shots. Uh-huh. They spent 12 minutes getting a lot of good shots, not a single good layup. Mm, that's true. Not a single easy like breakdown that led to a, a easy basket. So I I'll say how we disagreed. Um to me that second half I think Golden State I think Dallas was more confident in how they shot in the beginning. It may have thought they were hotter than they were. Yes. Because I do think Golden State played better defense. I think they still got makeable shots, but they weren't open shots anymore. Like, Bullock can hit shots with hands in his face, but in the first half, there was no hands in his face. Second half, their guys were getting out there more. There's more hands. There's more help. So I think there were still makeable shots. But I don't know if they were open anymore like they were in the first half. And that's where I think Golden State did pick up better. And that, well, we'll get to the next game. But I think that I thought would carry over better. because, And I don't even know if they figured out a strategy to rotate better. But I saw that the rotation was a lot better in the second half on the threes. Yeah, it it honestly looked like it. it, somebody gave a, a big speech at halftime. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it was, probably Draymond, but you know, it's, I'm sure Steve does it from time to time. I'm sure Iguodala does it. But they came out, and it's like you said, it was it wasn't anything specific you could tell they did differently. But now, yeah. now we're flying to Bullock instead of running at him. Yeah, yeah. And and that, I, I thought again the energy, like you pick up the energy, you don't overreact to doubt da- what Dallas is doing well. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, Finney Smith didn't become anything more than a spot-up threat. Bullock was a right. spot. All their guys remained spot-up threats. And that's what I criticize the other teams is as the series goes on, Finney Smith is now, like, attacking closeouts and getting layups. Bullock, right. same thing. Like, that's the right. only way you make Dallas look elite mm-hmm. is that you overreact to their shooting. Right. Golden State stuck with it. They knew they were better. They woke up. They executed what they know how to do. And they've proven that they're the best team in the league. You know, another way you can look at how the teams overreact to their shooting is I think a lot of times teams collapse more on Luka. Um, I think Phoenix would take guys, you know, four guys in the paint to collapse on Luka. 
versus Golden State say, okay, we only need two guys to stop Luka from getting a basket. And if he gets it on two of us, he just does. So I think instead of uh, the closeouts being not as good, I think they just had a shorter closeout. I think guys weren't running from all the way from the paint yeah. to get to Bullock at 30 feet or, you know, Finney Smith from the corner. Or we're not running from the free throw line to get all the way out there. Like Phoenix did a lot of times where CP would get taken into the paint and have to run way out to get to um, Finney Smith or Bullock. Or, or I think, Phoenix's uh, bigs had to do that a lot and they obviously aren't mobile enough. Exactly. I think I think Looney and Draymond, for the most part, stayed home when Luka drove, or they let Wiggins just, you know, if he scores on Wiggins one-on-one, that's it just is what it is. Yeah. I think that's what they were doing a lot better, too, in that in that second half. And then we get and to it's, the game. It's really, like, this, the game two third quarter is really kind of the, the definitive point of the series being over to me. Yeah, because beyond beyond Dallas's shooting situation, mm-hmm. I'm watching the Warriors, and every time Looney's open, he gets the ball. Yes, every time. Yep, and he sucks. Like to be know. honest, to be honest, if they give those um, the award for this series, I'd give it to Looney right now. Like an MVP of the series kind of thing. Yeah, they they're doing that this season. That's interesting. Conference, I'm, I'm interested uh, to see. Finals. I, I, Wiggins to me is the clear cut MVP. It it would be Wiggins because he did more. But his, as far as who his good play like elevated the rest. Like what Poole was doing with his buckets before, yeah. Wiggins yeah. did with like the everything all around. Right. right. You're right. You're right. Let, so let's get to game three. Uh, game three, they were back in Dallas. Uh, I th- I think we were both pretty much expecting Dallas to at least come close to winning this game. Yeah, <laughs> if I, not I, win this I really game. thought that. Because I picked Warriors in six, you picked Warriors in seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we both assumed Dallas was going to win the, probably this game. Um, so, uh, like you said, with the third quarter of game two, this game, this entire game looked like that third quarter pretty much. Yeah, I don't even know where to start with Game 3, to be honest. Game 3, finally, finally I watched a Dallas Mavericks basketball game, and I saw Luka's weaknesses at least attempt to, like the other team was attempting to expose them. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think they did like an incredible job. No, I think a lot of it was more him kind of being hesitant or him not being like perfect, but the, the job they did looked better with how bad everyone else shot. Cause yeah. if Bullock makes six threes, he had six open threes that he could have made. If he made six of those, then mm-hmm. I don't know if we're saying that they did a great job, but he didn't. So the thing is, and let's be honest, there's a lot of players in the league that if you let them take as many shots as they want every game, they can get 40. There's a lot of guys. If they let them take as many shots as they want and they get fouled as much as Luka does, they're getting, they can get 40. So the thing is, I think the Warriors went into this game saying, look, let's not let Luka get 40 
And if someone else chooses out the gym, this game, it just is what it is because you have to pick one or the other. Like we mentioned with Harden and, and the Rockets, uh, what is it? 2017 Rockets was that his best team, best year with the Rockets? The CP year, right? The the up three two against Golden State. Yeah, whatever year was his best year there, his MVP year. Yeah, it it was, it was him or everyone else might shoot you out the gym. It's either going to be Harden getting fifty or everyone else can combine for eighty. Yeah, and that's Dallas is similar in that way. They are, yeah, and I'm not saying Luca plays like Harden, but how they win is how that Rockets team would win most of the time. So, similar to Harden, you cut off one side, make him go one side or the other, and you force... When they made Luka kind of shade one way, which was to his left in this particular game, for the most part, you cut off half of the court of shooters also. That's what... That's one reason why I scream to force him uh, left is because if you force him one way, who, the only shooter he can pass to is on the left side. Yep. And that pass to the other side is a ridiculous pass, which he had like three turnovers off that in this game. So if I'm driving left, he gets all the way under the basket. He can only kick it out to that left corner. And that happened to be Bullock in this game, who happened to go 0 for 10. So uh, they played... Warriors played fantastic defense in this game to me. I know, and they they have shown how limited Dallas is. Yeah. Which which again is is an embarrassment to the rest of the conference that it took Dallas was a clearly a limited team coming in. Yeah. You know, anybody who was high on them was spec- only because of Luka. Right. There's no other reason to be confident about them beating anybody in a series. And they went all the way to the conference finals, and they had people questioning whether they were as good as the Warriors. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, I I think Steve Kerr probably went in there and said, look, you think they can outshoot us, honestly? Does anyone on this team think they can outshoot us? All right, then. They can't beat us. Because that's how they beat everyone else. Yep. They can't beat us like that. Yep. Just plain and simple. So, um... Yeah, man, Wiggins and Looney, they're definitely by far the two biggest impacts for the Warriors. Looney has played fantastic this series. He's been all over the boards. He's having his career high. I mean, and got like his second highest scoring too in this series. Bro, he's and, made um, he's made Dwight Powell like unplayable. Yeah. And I like I never even pictured Dallas getting to a point like that where their big man who only plays like 20, 30 minutes is unplayable. Right. You know what it is? I really like how self-aware Jason Kidd has been with Dallas. Mm -hmm. And I thought he made the best point about how they died from three in game two. Yeah. And it just kind of like from that, from hearing him say that, Thinking back to every playoff game they've had, they've lived or died by the three. Yeah. Like, but it's not surprising. It says a lot about his coaching because why would you do that against the Warriors? What, just like I said, Kerr probably said, why would he go in there thinking that they can outshoot the Warriors? 
but the problem is Dallas is limited. What else are they going to do? I mean, you look at this game, this yeah, last so. game. Uh, for those who didn't, uh, or maybe just didn't see the box score, Dallas's three ISO guys combined for eighty-six points. Mm-hmm. That's like that's big three great game numbers. Yeah, and it wasn't a close game at any point. Right, right. Like they got right. destroyed because even though their three ISO guys went off. They didn't really get anything from anybody else. And most of Luca's points were at the line, right? Yeah. It, and the thing is, a lot of those guys, Luca specifically passed up a lot of layups. A lot. And I obviously some of them were on the left side. But he had some right side layups that he just didn't take trying to kick it out. And guys were getting there. They were yeah. getting on the passes and they were getting to the, the shots. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I I don't take, I don't take game three as what's going to be the rest of the series. I think I say more of game two is indicative of what would be uh, probably the closeout game of this series, whether it's tonight or another night. I would probably say game two is probably more what I. Uh, more shows how war- how the Warriors will beat them. Because, I mean, people are hating on Bullock, but I mentioned to you off-air, but Bullock would not be playing if Hardaway was there. So, I mean, they're hating on Bullock, like, as if Bullock is a, uh elite starter throughout the NBA and just stunk it up. He's not a start. He's really not even a rotation guy for most teams. And he, to his credit, he's had a great playoff run. Yes, but like I'm watching him brick every shot, and I I wasn't shocked at all. No, I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like, he's off. He's he's due for an off night the way he's been playing. Right. So that right. to me, the fact that he's getting all this criticism because he couldn't make a shot. I mean, you could go around. Every roster has that problem. Yeah. So I and just the, that and- was bizarre to me. People saying that, let's see how much Bullock plays the start of next season when Hardaway is healthy. And then see if, how many shots you expect him to make after that. He may play eight minutes a game. Yeah. Hardaway is someone who usually plays the whole game a lot of times. He does play a lot. So, um, back to Wiggins real quick. Mm. I think Wiggins' defense was of uh, showed really high IQ for him. Um, I think it showed elite athleticism, obviously. I mean, that's nothing new for us. But uh, I'm surprised that he was able to put so much effort on defense and still be a really effective player on offense. I was impressed with that. And I'm not saying that he couldn't do that before, but him doing it on this level against Luka and, you know, for him to be basically strapping him for the most part and then come down and be able to dunk on him too. And, that's and not something Wiggins normally doesn't put together that great of games. Exactly. And I ends. think Steve, to me, it seems like Steve has definitely talked to him about being more aggressive Yeah. because he has looked, I forgot which game you made the point, but you said he's, he's killing the guys that shouldn't be guarding him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really all they need from him. 
You know, besides yeah. the shots it, he already takes, like right. the the mismatches he's got to take advantage of. And to me, yep. he hasn't been lights out shooting the ball from inside or out, but he's aggressive. No, he's he's not he's not settling just because everybody else is. You know what I mean? He's he's trying to score in different ways. Yeah. His spot up threes have been impressive to me, but off the dribble he's just, you know, maybe even below his normal average as far as his scoring. Yeah. Uh you know, Minnesota times. But yeah, I I think it it must have been game one because I don't think it was game two. I think it was game one. But every Brunson switch, he I scored. I think he did have a good game one, yeah. Yeah, every Brunson switch, he scored. Every Powell switch, he scored. Every time Kleber got switched out on there and he was at the three-point line, he went to the basket. If he didn't score, he got fouled, he kicked it out, whatever. And really from all your role players, that's what you really, really want. When you have superstars like Steph, on your team, um, and that's all Luca needs out of Brunson. That's what Brunson does best. Brunson takes everyone who can't check him, yeah. and that's it. Takes a lot of guys who can check him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but he scores when they can't check him, and I could see in in his eyes. I he thinks I have to score this. This guy can't guard yeah. me. I have Back. to score this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just man yeah. that game three Wiggins. I. Warriors might not lose another game till till they're holding the fucking trophy if he's playing like that. I'm with you. And and where the other the three content like Dallas doesn't have this to me, which is where mm-hmm. I think they they lack. Like yeah, Brunson could get you thirty, but he's gonna he could beat Dallas. He can't beat Golden State. I mean uh, Utah. He could beat Utah. Utah. He can't beat Golden State. Right. Like he could beat a Minnesota, but he can't beat. Uh, a Memphis by himself, right? So, so to me, the other three contenders have guys who, if they play at their best, the team mm-hmm. essentially can't lose. You, you're saying like auxiliary guys, yes. Other than their yes. best, obviously, player? Yeah. obviously the best player, you, you're gonna have a good chance. Yeah, but when you're when your role players could dominate the game, mm-hmm. I mean the luxury that we're looking at right now. I mean, Golden State, Clay can shoot awful, and they look unstoppable. Steph yeah. is not even involved in the offense sometimes, and they look like they're the best shooting team ever without the best shooter involved. Yeah. So and the, the, they're the just so dynamic. You said, tough thing about what you said is Golden State has probably three of those guys, and I think every other team maybe only has one. I would say, I would say if Wiggins has a great game, if Poole has a great game, and if Otto Porter has a good game, they're almost unstoppable. The few times this season when Porter had like twenty, they like won by forty every time because yeah. he was just it, it's tough to beat them if he's playing good. And I think um, I think you're right though. I think every contender does have that, and I I think Dallas thinks that. They can get that with a combination of Dinwiddie and Brunson. But I rarely see I rarely see three auxiliary players for them play well. And I think all these other guys do have three guys that can play well together. Brunson and Dinwiddie rarely have good games together. Rarely. 
they did this past game, but it doesn't happen that often. Almost never. Um, and then if they have good games, then Bullock plays bad. If they have good games, Kleber doesn't exist. Or, you know, and if Bullock plays good, one of them doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so maybe after the series we talk about um, what the future for them uh, yeah, I, I do think Dallas. I think Memphis. We talked about like Dallas is in a good, also in a good spot going into the off season. Okay. I, I think free agents. I don't know if would I be, agree yet. I think free agents would be interested in going there. Um, okay. But again, we'll obviously look at that as we get into the off season. Yeah. I gotta make the same point I make about every star player doing this shit. I. I've quoted Kobe with this same thing like nine times throughout our podcast history. Uh-huh. Uh, I've talked about the basics of Luca needing to get in shape. You know, yeah. you can't you can't play one way. Right. You just can't. We just saw it with the most with what people tell me is the most unstoppable offensive player ever. KD Luka? played KD oh, played KD? one way for four games and he couldn't even sniff a fucking win. I mean, he sniffed right. it, but he didn't get it. Yeah. Like, I keep going back to this Kobe exposed Harden sitting alongside T Mac. Bro, yeah. elite defenses, which the Warriors obviously are, elite defenses yeah. zero in on your tendencies. You have to have different things you do. And with yeah. Luca, it's balls in my hands. I'm making plays. No cuts, yeah. no transition opportunities, no let me let the other ISO guys create for me. None of that. Yep. So it comes down like Dallas is putting their trust in Luca outplaying supreme athletes every night. And, and to your point, and uh, the reason why I brought up the Harden that hardened team is this is probably the closest to that team that we've yeah, ever seen 100%. as far as how they play Luca only attacks from one angle that that's one that's another reason why they're so easy to guard when it comes to that he's only coming from the top of the key how many times have you seen Luca drive baseline ever bro he has to dribble like eight times to even get to the baseline <laughs> I know yeah it, oh. but all his stuff comes straight down the middle of the lane, so <laughs> it it limits you to how to everyone else's movement. We can't move because where are we moving to? Luca's going straight down the lane. We can only move this way, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of teams, the Warriors do this well. If Clay attacks from the wing, there's like some action coming on the other side, a screen or um, you know a pin down from the other side for the guys where there's no one side that's just standing waiting for anybody. And the um, Rockets, I mean, the Mavericks don't have that. They don't have it at all. No. Nah. And, and again, like, to me, Luka, to, to be able to play different ways, he has to get in shape. Yeah, and adjust his mentality. But I think, I think yeah. that's an easy thing. Like, he's shown... He hasn't shown the willingness to play without the ball, but he's already shown at a young age the willingness to let other guys eat. Yeah, but if you're letting other guys eat and you're and you're not available 
to score off the ball, it's, it's no point. Because it's like, you let me eat, but then we start playing four on five when I have the ball. It doesn't help. No, know? I mean, there is a point to beating a team like Utah. Yeah. But this is where you don't want to get stuck in the cycle of yeah. winning a series and then going home every year. Because you're going to think right. you're right there beating teams like Utah and then getting dismantled by Golden State every year or Memphis or I'm hoping Phoenix won't do this again. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the Clippers are going to be healthy next year. Yeah. So I, I just – I don't know, man. I, I Dallas has Denver's to – Denver's going to be healthy next year. Yeah, hopefully. I really, yeah. I'm really hoping for that, but – I just Dallas has to be able to do different things, and with their players, like like you like you mentioned, kid had to do something different. There's nothing different he could have done. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And and last point I'll make about the Warriors before, because what was it you said like how just great they are, how how offensively versatile they are. I think. What are you talking about? Uh, you, you said it earlier, just kind of talking about the Warriors' offense in general. Yeah. I forgot who. I think it was Tim Legler. I don't remember where I saw him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ESPN guy, he made a great point about the Warriors' offense is is initiated by guard screening. Mm, yeah. Nobody else in the NBA does that. No, not, not that I could think not, of. Not yeah. like they don't commit to that initiation. Right. And and that's that's what makes their ball movement so elite compared to everybody else. Their mm-hmm. best player comes down. They're one of the greatest point guards ever comes down, and his first priority is, can I open up an easy layup for somebody else? Can I open right. up an easy shot for somebody else? Mm-hmm. I mean... If if I got Steph doing that, you you, I'm gonna make the fucking extra pass every time, no problem. Yeah, and that's yeah. anybody who's come to the fucking Warriors. I mean, I saw Maurice Spates make extra passes. I mean, they called right. him Mo Buckets not because he passed the ball. He gets to the Warriors, all of a sudden he has passing IQ. Right, and that top of the key three he had was oh, cash money. He was definitely Mo Buckets. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, you're right, though. You're right. It was, even it, even as guys who, was great. who scored so well for them would come in and KD never, like, never relied on individual basketball. But, you, you know, one point about the Warriors, your coach, when you guys run a play, you normally don't put the center in every spot, right? You say, okay, uh, point guard, you run this play from the point. All right, uh, two guard, you try it at the point one you go to the two yeah warriors have everyone runs the play from every single position yep steph plays the five on their plays sometimes yep. like it it's not a five but he starts at where looney will start or looney will start where where clay will start it doesn't matter so and that's one reason with the guard screens that's one reason it's so crazy because they'll set a screen and get a back door off of the off the roll, which it could be Steph going back door, the smallest player on the team going back door for a baseline layup, and he gets it. Yep. And 
you know, Clay will do it. Wiggins will do it. Everyone will do it. Every single or one. Or Draymond will come up as, like, the guy to take the three. He's not going to take it. But he comes up as the guy to take the three, and then there's the little dump-off pass from whoever set the screen for him or the back door from the other side. So it's the fact that they have all these players doing it. There's very few teams that can do that. Do you, Would you ever want Gobert running, like, <laughs> running any position but what he does? No, ever? absolutely not. And um, th- that's that's part of what makes that offense so crazy. So Their motion is the commitment to move without the ball. Motion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are guys, yeah. there are guys, including Steph and Clay, who again are two of the greatest shooters ever. They'll spend yeah. three possessions in a row running for the whole twenty-four seconds and get like yeah. one touch without a shot. Yeah. They don't get yeah. an assist off the touch. A- Maybe just a pass right back, right back to the person that passed it to him. That happens all the time. Exactly. There, I don't know if we'll ever see an NBA team. I'm pretty sure we never saw it before. I'm very certain we won't see it after. Do what? Play that level, play offense to that selfless, like selflessness extent, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, how I many guys, right. how many teams could embrace Jordan Poole as quickly as they did? Nobody. They let There's him no decide team. playoff games. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally, Steph is tripping, Draymond is tripping, Clay can't make a fucking shot. Poole, run the show. Yeah, and they just put the ball in his hands. Put the ball and in his he, hands. He, to me, even the fact that Clay and Steph will pass up shots for him is amazing. Amazing. I mean, he's he can really, really, really shoot. I mean, he's by far the third best shooter on the team, but he's still so far of a shooter from them. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're at a 10. He may be at a 7 compared to everyone else being threes. Like, that's how, yeah. how different it is. So it's like... It's really impressive that they do that. Because you're right, I don't think many other teams would do it. Um, maybe Boston at their peak. but And we'll get to that. But uh, I've... The, the funny thing is, the few teams that I can remember being really unselfish were like championship level when they did that. And as soon as they stopped doing that, they were no longer championship teams. Like the big three Boston team with... Pierce, Ray, Rondo, yeah. and there, and, and there, it was their depth that had like that embraced that. Yeah, because I do think Eddie they, House, they were kicking it to Eddie House, Leon Poe. Posey they had all these was guys. always open in the fucking corner, even though he was a yeah. specialist. That shit made me so yeah. mad every time. And when they were unselfish, no one could beat them. Oh, Nobody. dude, ask, ask the 08 Lakers. Right, but then Not as soon as close. they got selfish. As soon as they got selfish, the next year it was a wrap. Uh, so, anyway, speaking of Boston, let's let's transition. Yeah, enough about the Warriors. We got a segue to the series it's, that isn't over. Right, and the thing is, we're talking about the Dallas and Warriors series because, as if it's over, because it's I don't think Dallas would be the first team to come back from three zero. No, and if they if there's three more games, we'll talk about them next podcast, but. Right now, we're considering that series over. So, yeah, there's that. Eastern Conference Finals. 
Boston Miami Heat. It is now two two. Uh, we will go. We will start at. You want to start at the first game there? Go through every game again. Yeah. There's a okay. common theme to the four games, uh, in my opinion. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. There is for me too, I think. <clears throat> but uh, you go first, then. You lay it out. First game. So game in, one, uh, we'll Miami. call the Jimmy Butler game. Yes. Uh, so the series begins, and Miami decides. Well, Miami's best player decides that yo, I'm the best player in the series, and he outlines he outlines a path for Miami to get the 4-0 sweep. Yeah. Play through him. Let him be the most physical player on the court. Let him attack anytime he gets a weak link on him, he attacks. Anytime he gets a favorable spot on the court, he attacks. And he's just aggressive, like like a best player should be. Yeah. Um, but yet I still thought I still thought with Jimmy Butler playing as well as he did, Boston beat themselves. Yes. Very winnable game for Boston. They were it was it was only like a two point game at halftime, right? Yeah. It was a close game. Third quarter so, was a disaster for Boston. Third quarter was very turnover filled, very bad shot filled. Just yeah. incompetent basketball. I the game was decided in the third quarter, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. What'd you see? Next though? game. In the, oh, in that game? Yeah, just just set me up for the next game. Just kind of how you thought it would progress. What did you see that could translate? Um, I'm, I think I'm similar to you. It's been pretty simple to me as far as it goes. Uh, that series, I mean, that first game, Tatum playing point guard uh, was a disaster. Marcus Smart uh, didn't play. I forgot to right, mention they, Horford and Smart were out, which was a huge loss for them. Right, right. Uh, so Smart did not play that game, and in the second half, they desperately needed a point guard of any sort. And I know I've dogged Smart as being like a starting point guard on here, but they just needed anybody that could handle the ball and not turn the ball over. Bro, it was so – I'd go a step beyond that. I think like missing a high IQ player, like it was – the turnovers were so bad, you needed Al Horford out there to just like not make bad decisions. Yeah, it was it was and it was point. back. It was back to back. Harold was getting layups. Um, Jimmy Butler was getting layups. Part of Jimmy having that big of a game in the first game was just because of the, the turnovers. Um, it was because of a lot of the steals. He had a lot of fast break layups. It wasn't like he was just coming down and yeah. being like Kobe in yeah. that game. He was just getting a lot of breaks, and he scored on every single break. Which is, he, he which probably eats do. he probably eats off of Miami's defense more than anybody else on the team. Yeah, because he usually plays the ball dominant guy, so he's usually at the top. So even when he forces a bad pass, he's the first one leaking out, and he cherry picks a little bit. He leaks out early a lot, a lot. Every rebound, a lot Jimmy of Miami's, all of a sudden. Miami's good at that. Like that's a something yeah. they time well because I never see. Like, damn, if that guy was back, like, they would have rebounded better. It, they usually pick their right. spots well. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so um, 
Uh, I thought Miami had a lot of energy, which was nice. Uh, just for them to be scoring on every single break was cool. But I wasn't blown away by the first game performance either. So we get to game two. And again, this series, I think most people were six, seven game predictions with this one. I was, yeah. I'm, I've, I was very confident that it would be like one team wins, the other team wins, or maybe two, two. Um, but you mentioned energy. <laughs> Miami didn't have any of it in game two. Exactly. <clears throat> meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, smart came out. Smart came out and like sucked the energy out of Miami. It seemed like Smart was one away from a triple double in that game, bro. And this is where I, I'm one talking about rebound away. role players making the team unbeatable. That Marcus yeah. Smart makes again Boston doesn't lose a game the rest of the way. Oh, for sure, for sure. And he doesn't. That Marcus me, Smart, Boston could get I, I just don't think wins he has to season. shoot that well. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He distributed so well. Uh, every everybody on the team, what they had, one, two, three, six guys, six guys and double figures. So I mean, it's hard to beat a team that got sixty points right off the bat. I mean, easily. So yeah, uh, they looked fantastic in that second game. But to me, again. And maybe I'm reaching. I won't say Miami wins if they come out with energy, but the game would have been competitive if they come out with some energy. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, that to me, like Boston came out, punched them. There was no punch back. There was no like physicality. There was no chippy play to get anybody going. Nothing. This is. I was going to save this, but I'll say this now. This is where game two is where I kind of think Spolstra can be overrated at times because I don't understand why sometimes he completely fails to get guys in in good spots to get baskets. Like the role players, sometimes he just – if like the good players aren't playing special or with energy, if Bam or Jimmy aren't stepping up, the role players are just like – don't exist for the uh for the team sometimes like pj tucker was non-existent in this game Struess was completely non-existent in this game i martin played i didn't even notice uh hero didn't get many good shots vincent sucked vincent yeah he sucked he was their second leading scorer and still sucked so it's like i understand that it's on the players like talked about jimmy butler on here plenty of times on him getting guys involved he only had three assists in this game but someone has to make him aware of getting people involved because you know in the heat of the game if you're playing good and you're losing you're not thinking about man Struce hasn't gotten a good shot or pj hasn't gotten a good shot off that's something that comes in the timeouts you're you're two games ahead i was gonna wait once we caught up to the uh Game four, I wanted to really discuss Miami's role players. I got you. I got you. Um, so ignore that. Let's keep but, going. But before we get to that, game three, Miami takes the fucking series lead. And yes. I'm about to get into why, but it, I mean, Bam Adebayo comes out and it's like he heard an argument we were having. I mean, uh, 
Miami, privately. Right. <laughs> Miami, Miami's got all these guys being aggressive, getting steals, cutting and getting layups. And then the mid second mid mid second quarter, I'm like, Miami's cutting really well. But they've yeah. always cut really well. Mm-hmm. Normally. That doesn't mean yeah. that doesn't mean it's okay for Struce to get fucking layups. Right. That doesn't mean Bam Adebayo comes down. I've talked about this shit with Brunson. He comes down and he starts his isolation five feet from the fucking basket. Right. They let him get so deep. Like, and his isolation is on Marcus. By the time you're bodying him. And his isolation is on Marcus Smart. Or Or Jalen Brown. Brown. Yeah. Two players that, I mean. He could shoot over every play. Exactly. Exactly. Especially from seven feet. Exactly. So that to me, again, like this is the third game in a row. The team that lost just like threw the fucking game. Yeah. Bro, I mean, again, everybody in the fucking league, everybody who's watched Miami knows they cut well. Yes. But in the pivotal game three in Miami, everybody's cutting and getting layups off of it. Okay, if it's one guy. Okay, if Har- if Harrow's killing you with cuts, we'll live. And in oh. Boston, that game was in Boston. Three was in Boston. Yeah, we. My bad. Yeah. We go to Boston. Even worse. Even worse. Yeah. We go back home and pull that nonsense. That blew my mind that they did that at home. Yeah. Completely with you. And then and then Jimmy Butler gets hurt. Miami is. It admittedly not playing as well, which isn't surprising. And what mm-hmm. comes back? The the fucking turnover disaster from game one. Yep. But this time it's Jalen Brown who's cooking. Well, this time Jalen Brown joined Tatum because Tatum still has six. This time they That's true, this yeah. time they teamed up. Tatum has seven in the first game and has six this game in uh, game three. And then Brown has seven. So, and I want to point out again. I made the point that Jimmy Butler kind of decides Miami. Game one, Boston gets destroyed. Tatum was disgustingly awful. Game two, Boston wins. Tatum was great. Game three, they lose. Tatum was disgustingly awful. Yeah, like he's he's had since Brooklyn. He has been spectacular, awful spectacular maybe he's the best wing in the league what is he doing on the court why is he out there what is what is his decision making right now in game three by the way Jalen Brown was spectacular but only him basically but that third quarter you can't let an elite defensive team get a lot of turnovers in a small stretch yeah like that's that's the stretches when Miami looks elite offensively because they really aren't. But when Oladipo you allow hasn't them... played all season and have four steals in like ten minutes in this game, bro, he, he looked like he was watching Jalen Brown's entire career on film before. <laughs> like he knew Jalen Brown's yeah. dribble moves better than Jalen Brown was thinking about doing them. <laughs> yeah. That's how he looked. So and a lot of times, Jalen just handed it to him, it looked like, to me. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, yo, we just lost the first game of the series like this. Yeah. 
But, again, game ends. <laughs> Miami's up 2-1. They hold on to win. It, it's still a, a fairly competitive game in the second half. If Jalen Brown didn't have 40, it wouldn't have been competitive. No, it would but not. He had 40, and he had chances to uh, at least, you know, yeah. make it an even more competitive game. And just I was very impressed. I thought Miami could have lost and made plays to win the game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something to see them do that without Jimmy Butler was very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get to game four. Jimmy is back. Uh, is he? There could well, no Tyler Hero, but other than that, they were healthy everywhere around. Uh, I'm not. I'm not letting Jimmy have that. Ex- I'm not giving him that excuse. He played. He played. Played. He was because I mean, I didn't see him, but play. he fucking played. <laughs> this game, game four, Miami. I don't want to be wrong, but Miami shot 30 for 90. They shot 33%. They had same amount of turnovers. They had 26 fouls, 11 more fouls than uh, Boston had. The fouls were a significant difference. Yeah. But this was, um, this was again, again, you, you just lost, just like I talked about Boston, you just got destroyed because you you could literally, the series could be on the verge of being over, but you didn't even show up to one of the games. And At we all. have a repeat of that. I mean, Miami they, scored a point in the first seven minutes of the game? Did you see? Did you Listen, listen, I, I have no problem. I just watched Dallas couldn't make a shot. I, I've seen a lot of basketball with teams getting cold. Be honest with me. The first eight minutes of the game, did it look like Miami was even trying to get a good shot? No. No. Not one no. time. Nope. I've never seen... All these, like, weird floaters and... I've never seen uh, a team have 1.7 minutes into the game, and I was like, wow, this is the most deserving, like, one point score I've ever seen. Yeah. Some shots they were makeable shots, but for the most part they were really tough shots. And that, the thing is, most of the time if if you're still taking jump shots and you haven't scored, you like, all right, I'm getting to the basket. If I'm running somebody over, I'm getting a layup. Like we have to score. And yeah. I didn't Bam did absolutely nothing in this game for some reason. Bro, I don't know why roster he get did the nothing. No, but but oh, real quick, he would get the. Re- I'm gonna go through everybody. I'm not just picking on Bam. Okay. He would get the rebound and he'd take off as if they were starting like an amazing break. Everyone would be running with him, and then he'd just stop at the three point line and just hand it to somebody else who was just gonna go miss. PJ Tucker would get into the paint and like throw up these one hand floaters from the free throw line. Over and over and over and over again. Get his shit fucking think, sent, by the way. Yeah. Couldn't even get him off blocked, half yeah. the time. Right. Uh, Dwayne Dedman came in and was shooting floaters at 6'10". Jimmy Butler was probably the only one that I think... And this is just because he's the best player. He's probably the only one that took like good shots. Because I think he could make he could get pretty much any shot on the court. Yeah. Yeah. He's just that kind of... He's just that good. So... I wasn't mad at any of his shot selection, 
Lowry, if you're not making the threes with your toes on the line, you don't take three steps back and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's the one I'm gonna make. Uh, did Struce take a shot? Oh, he took seven. I didn't notice any of them. I remember him getting some threes, but he played like garbage. And that's okay. He's supposed to play like garbage. Like, this is... Honestly, let's be honest. Struess should not be like a contributing player at this level of basketball. No, not at all. So, I, him playing, him going 0 for 7, didn't shock Who cares? Shot. I don't care right. at all. Similar it's the same Bullock. as Bullock. Yep. Yeah, if Oladipo was healthy, healthy all season... Struess wouldn't be playing at all. Whoa, I apologize. I said Miami didn't show up with the except Oladipo showed up. That's it. Oladipo was fantastic in this game. Oladipo looked all-star he was caliber. Prime. He was prime in this game. I know. Prime Oladipo. Singing, Mr. 360. He was doing it all in this game. Uh, And we mentioned Caleb Martin had a good game. We knew he, off air, we knew he was going to have a good game in this game. Uh, 12 and 6. Duncan Robinson in garbage time played great, but he was garbage until garbage time. Until yep. it was his time to shine. I don't know why they forced <laughs> him out there. That Now that Struss is taking his clock for some reason, like, I don't even want to deep dive that. And I, for those who follow sports a lot, if you watched ESPN this morning, you've heard Stephen A. say this a ton of times. They scored 18 points. The starters scored 18 points. It's the lowest point total for starters in the history of basketball. I wouldn't be surprised if it's by far. It was by eight. The Spurs okay. had 26 points in 2009. But I'm sure other their than bench that, it was like. That game. Right. Remember, Ginobili came off the bench for them. He could have had 40 in that game. 2009 might have been the Roger Mason year when he was hitting tough shots and fucking. <laughs> Hitting game winners the first half of the year for them. You remember that? They they either they had some they either had Mason, Neal, or Hill that were all fire off the bench. And then they had Ginobili. So that, yeah, either nice. way, they had Spurs always had a good bench. So it doesn't matter. But eighteen points. For those who don't play basketball, or for those who do, if you've ever taken a math class, 18, 18 points, dude, every that means everyone on the, the starting lineup only has to score three and a half points to get more than 18 points. That's it. That, that's embarrassing, honestly. Like, Miami, and, and to be transparent, I couldn't even make it through the second quarter of this game. <laughs> I honestly... Luckily, I stopped in the fourth quarter, I'm not going to lie. Wow, you made it another, like, 13 minutes of basket of that? I watched the third quarter. I did. But after that, once Duncan Robinson came in, I cut it off because I like, oh, Miami gave up. It's over. Miami in the second quarter. Ty Smith quarter. and Seven. Oh, Miami in the second quarter, bro. You mentioned the fouling. Anytime Miami played good defense, they fouled and ruined it. Um, yeah. Which was, again, I'm, I would expect the top team in the conference, the team with probably the, some of the, probably the most playoff experience I could think of. Okay, I didn't get that. On mm-hmm. offense, we're down the exact moment. We're down 24 points. And no, we don't go to Jimmy Butler, who just who won us the first game of the series. 
No, we don't go to Bam Adebayo, who just won us a fucking game. Uh-huh. Like you said, Bam comes off a 30-point game and runs handoffs for 40 minutes. Yeah. He would have ran... If the this was a game. close game, he would have ran it for 48. <laughs> for, for 48 minutes yeah. coming off a 30-point game, Bam Adebayo is just the handoff guy. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I'm looking at him like, is that Rudy Gobert with elite athleticism out there? <laughs> yeah. And you know it takes a lot for me to say that based off the conversation we had off there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was shocked. I'm watching the fucking game. Bro, Bam comes down, and he's like, whoa, let, let me not run a play for myself. Let me run a fucking handoff to Struess. But the weirdest thing is he would get the rebound and push the ball and do that. That's what blew my mind. I'm like, oh, here we go. Fast break. Let's go. That's what was and then shocking. The stopped. previous game, he's pushing it as a mismatch. Yeah. He's it, like, he had coast to coast badge the previous game. <laughs> bro, again, we're down 24. We're running plays for Struess. Yeah. Bro, are you kidding me? It's the same shit I had with, bro, you put Duncan Robinson on the court, he sucks, he can't guard anybody, that's fine. Because he could give me five to ten threes if, if, I leave, if somebody leaves him open. Bro, yeah. we don't have to run plays for him every time. No, we don't. Why? I, I just, I don't understand. We're down 24 and we're repeatedly coming down, making sure Struess and P.J. Tucker touch the ball. And... Neither of them scored. <laughs> why Why is it a priority for P.J. Tucker to touch the ball? It, it was so strange, man. And they never get T- P.J. Tucker any corner threes. He was doing everything but corner threes in this game, which is his specialty. I, I This, again, that second quarter, it's just fouling, and we're not uh, – we're going to guys to, like, get them going – like, what are we trying to get the roster going for? You know what the worst part about all this is? Celtics really didn't play that great. They didn't no. play, like, spectacular. And this is where my... They just played okay. This is where the common theme. Four fucking games of this series, the team that lost has, like, went out of their way to lose every game. Yeah. I just... I don't... This, this series, honestly... This is the the to me the clear cut two best teams in the East this year. Yeah. And this series is trash. Yeah. Like this series is like it makes the NBA look bad. This series makes the Boston and uh Brooklyn series look like the best series of the entire playoffs, which it might have been. Well, Memphis and Golden State had some good games, and then Memphis and Timberwolves had great games too, but I just, again, I don't understand how these two teams are so elite. And they show that all the time. But for some reason, it's like the dumbest things that keep both of these teams from doing what the Warriors do. Sustaining their success. I'll say this. uh, And I I mentioned, mentioned this earlier, but I've come to this realization. Boston, you can only beat Boston if Boston beats themselves. Honestly, I think Boston may be the most unbeatable team in the entire playoffs if they don't play on your team. 
Because that's how they lose every game. And they've lost a lot I mean, of fucking games doing that. That's it. And it, it's always the same thing. It's turnovers. It's bad shots. If Tatum really like plays like garbage the whole game, they're gonna they're harder. It's hard for them to win. But really when Tatum, hard. all Tatum has to do is just play okay and take care of the ball, they're almost unbeatable. Because everyone else, the more shots they get, the more they make. Because they're a team that everyone can hit shots, everyone can score from basically anyone on the anywhere on the floor. Um, everyone passes well when they're not turning the ball over. Um, they rebound well. They play obviously fantastic defense, but the defense on Miami hasn't been hasn't been like lockdown defense, like forcing a bunch of turnovers. They had the exact same amount of turnovers in this game. It was about them taking care of the ball and them getting more shots. That's it. Yeah, that's all they have to do every night. Every night, and it's and when such they don't, an easy formula, and yet we can't trust them to do that. Nope. That's why I picked Miami in six. I still, I'm saying about Miami in six. And you I think Miami's gonna I, even after my Miami's getting the even next after two my games. Statement, even after my statement, I think Boston is unbeatable if they don't beat themselves. Unbeatable. I think they could go this whole playoffs and not lose a single game if they don't beat themselves. And I think Miami's gonna beat them twice in a row. <laughs> that says everything you need to know about Boston. Yeah, I'm done. The thing is, I'm done. I'm honestly, bro, I'm done with them because what I saw Milwaukee doing last year, figuring out what works, sustaining what works, what I'm seeing from Golden State, I see more of that from Miami than I do from Boston. Yeah, and I don't see that and much Miami's from Miami. Losses, and Miami's losses are worse than Boston's 100%. losses in this series. Yeah, one thousand percent. Like you said, as confident as as high as you hold the Celtics, you're sure that they're about to go home. Yeah. The the two wins Miami had, Boston should have won those. Miami should not have won this game four. They shouldn't they've they did everything they could do. They just didn't play good. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you should have won. They shouldn't have won game two. They just they got straight up beat. So but the one Celtics lost, they should have won both of those games. They were in the games and then beating themselves lost in the games. That's it. Nothing else to it. Miami is not that great of a team. No. Let's be honest. It, they look really good, and they were the best team this season. And when they're at their peak, they play really well. But they're not better than Boston. And they still have the best player in the series. He just wants to hide that for some reason. And I count on that. I do. I count on him hiding it all the time. And I count on Bam not being aggressive. But... They have enough everywhere else that can do it. If Hero comes back, they have Hero, they have Oladipo. Them two can beat Boston when Boston has eight turnovers in a quarter. Just Hero and Oladipo. It doesn't take anybody else. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I just watching how badly these two teams have lost games, I, I miss Milwaukee, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee isn't better than Boston, but they're not beating themselves. No. Like, you have to go and earn wins to beat Milwaukee, which Boston did four times. But, again, with Boston, again, I don't know why they are so locked in to fucking making KD and Kyrie look bad, but they can't lock it in to make the title run that's 
that looks fucking easy. The difference with the Brooklyn series, they played bad sometimes, and Brooklyn played worse. Like, that is true, yeah. <laughs> there, are some, there are some stretches where Tatum was throwing the ball away. Um, they let Bruce Brown look like a defensive player of the year candidate. But Brooklyn was just even worse than that, so didn't matter. And and this is a weird... This comp- this whole season is really weird. We're seeing a lot of these really high talented people just play really bad. I mean, the Lakers have a lot of talent. Didn't even make the playoffs. Didn't even make the plan. Brooklyn, all the talent in the world, got swept. Milwaukee, as much talent as a championship team should have, got beat. I mean, we've seen a lot of these teams with really high levels of talent just stink it up, stink up the joint. You know why? I think, and I think I've said this for a number of years, the the quality of the defense in the regular season has deteriorated. Yeah, it has. More, more and more. And it's like maybe five years in Steph's peak, 20, like 16, 17. I mean, shit, Steph yeah. might peak next year too. Uh, yeah. For his like really MVP. explosive first peak. Yeah. I, I still saw I saw a lot of players getting put on the court to play defense. I saw a lot of mm-hmm. players getting put on the court for toughness, for physicality. Now, now everybody's out there to shoot the fucking ball. Yeah. There's no priority mm-hmm. on stopping people till we get to the fucking playoffs. So so teams that have severe limitations they don't even know that Mm -hmm. until they get like utah didn't even know that even though they should have when you know you blow the same fucking lead to the clippers that you did last year and your star players sitting there talking about it's the same maybe that should have given them an idea but again when Mm -hmm. you don't face elite defense you get comfy right and so many of these teams got comfy phoenix Phoenix. comfy minnesota comfy uh, Memphis comfy, Philly com- way too comfy. Right. And they're all home. And this is where the Warriors have the cheat code. I mean, well, not the cheat code, but they know they know the system by saying, "Look, we don't have to have the best record every season. We don't have to go out there and exert ourselves and shoot perfect every night. It's the playoffs. When we get to the playoffs, that's when it don't matter who we play. We're going to play our best and you know, they'll be able to beat anybody." I mean, I, I think I told you this. I, I remember watching the league, and the the top four to five teams could turn it on when they need to. Yeah. Like, like if LeBron wanted to beat a fucking Memphis team on a Friday night, and it's a close game with five minutes left, he could turn it on, and it's over. Golden State yeah. could has always been able to do that. They're yeah. the only team left that could do it. Yeah. Every other team, every other team, they could turn it up, but has has Boston made it look like it was by choice? No. No. Miami, no. Memphis, no. Phoenix. Boston always looks like, oh look, somebody's hot. It's like one of those things all the time. Exactly. Yeah. All these teams. Boston struggles in regular season games. Exactly. And all these teams have become so dependent on shooting the ball well. 
Yeah. That's why Golden State's so much better because they're not dependent on it. They're just committed to taking good shots. And me and you talk about this all the time about Golden State. They are so underrated how well they can get to the rim. So underrated. I think Poole, other than Morant, I think Poole gets to the basket better than any other guard in the league. Steph gets to the basket whenever he wants to. Clay is dunking on people all season since he's been back. His first play back was dunking on somebody. So it's like, I don't think they get enough credit for that. I think people think, oh, you know, you limit their threes, limit their threes. They never let you limit their threes because they get to the basket so well. So well. I just I hate to sound like an old head, but they they play basketball the right way. Yeah, the, yeah. the objective, yeah. every possession is best shot available. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's never fucking feed Steph. And that's right. like literally every other team feed best player is like is a play. You know what's funny? The only person they ever feed is Clay. <laughs> yeah. And that's because Clay gets supernova hot when he's hot i mean clay is not hot he really is just supernova when he's hot and he's the only one they ever go into that feed mode with but you're right it don't matter steph could have 50 and they still look for the best shot with steph clay has still, like 20 steph will have 45 and three quarters and he'll come out to start the fourth quarter and set a back pick on looney yeah Luke, yep. imagine luca doing that never never and that, and that, I could say that for most of the stars in the league. And I'm, I don't think all of them, it's like their mentality's fall. A lot of it is the system they play in has kind of just settled or, or just been simplified to feed them. Mm-hmm. But it's killing the fucking league in my, not, not killing the league. It's killing the, how many contenders we have every year. The competition of the league. Yes. Right? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, I know it's early. If Jimmy Butler... I mean, if Miami loses the series, is you think Jimmy Butler is still Batman after this? Yeah. Okay. Who do they go to? Who, who becomes Batman? <laughs> no, I mean... if I mean... Will he be looked at as the Batman of a championship-level team? That's what I mean. Do you think they'll want to go get someone with more talent or that Jimmy, if he leaves, he'll have to be the second guy on the team after this? I know it's early because they may win this, but I'm saying if they lose this, do you think, well, we'll have to see how they lose it, I guess. I mean, I'll I'll say, oh, Butler, it's so frustrating. You know, I'll always... I'm going to be honest, uh, up until he's like either washed up or randomly maybe decides to retire or some shit, he's yeah. he's a Batman to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's because, it's because, <laughs> to compare it, I know he'll look tough in the cape. I know he knows how to use the gadgets. I know he knows how to do the detective work. I know he could beat yeah. all the criminals up. <laughs> Yeah. I just don't know if he's willing to put the fucking suit on every night. Right. Bruce Wayne puts the suit on every night. Giannis right. puts the suit on every night. So that's why I ask, do you think that he ha- he needs to go somewhere where he doesn't have to every night and still 
you know, catch the bad guys. But that's that's Miami. He's in the perfect they're not situation. That. I mean, they're in the conference finals going toe-to-toe with a team that, that could literally be unstoppable. That's Miami. That's Miami now with, um, you know, with him as Batman. But let's say if... He wasn't Batman let's say last if, year. Uh, when Giannis yeah, they, and company just wiped the floor with them? He was, yeah. Okay. That, well, that's my that's my point. I'm saying he's like like what you like the good parts of what you said now, but what if uh, Milwaukee like hypothetically, what if they said we're getting rid of Middleton, we're looking for someone else to be the second to Greek Freak? You don't think? Would you think Jimmy Butler would be perfect for that? Oh, with the right first like option with with the guy with the killer mentality, the the Greek yeah. freaks, the um. I, I honestly, I really like it. Hurts my soul that we only got to watch him play with Embiid one year, or yeah, two years, too. whatever it was. But like Embiid one is a half. guy. I I would, bro. I mean, I I'd, I'd even throw in a shitty number one option, Siakam. Siakam <laughs> is a shitty number one option, and he'd go to Toronto and they'd be a contender. They'd probably have similar yeah. issues that Miami does. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, Nick Nurse will not will never be down twenty four trying to feed Scotty Barnes, never. <laughs> and and Scotty Barnes is better or than Chris Struce. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. He's not like Nick Nurse is not feeding the fucking bumps. He's putting him in the corner. He's making him cut. He's making him screen. And we're playing through the best players. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're completely right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you, we want to talk any more about any more about this series, particularly. Who you? Who do you have in the next two games? I'll say. I think you Boston, had Boston in seven, right? Originally. I believe so. Yeah, I think Boston wins okay. tonight. Uh-huh. Miami get, wins game six. They they trade uh, wins on the road. Boston and then Miami. Wait, and then, no, it's in Boston, and, and then, then it goes to Miami. Or my trip. No, they're back in Miami. My, back, okay, so Boston wins game five. Miami wins game six. And then Boston wins game seven. Yeah. You think this is going to keep alternating? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, I I'm I'm a prisoner of the moment in some ways. I just watched four games of one team, like, just just slaughtering themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I mean, I don't disagree that Boston Boston's wins are more convincing, but Miami just not showing up to the fucking game is just is depressing. It is. So I, 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 I can't really imagine that's going to change, and all of a sudden they'll have three toe-to-toe, like, go-at-it games. If both teams play perfect at their best, who wins the game? Boston. Okay. Every time. Okay. And so I, uh, I love Miami. Yeah. So you said Boston, Miami, and then Boston again, and I I got Miami winning. Uh, you really think Miami's go back to back games. them to close the series out? Yeah. Wow. I do. Wow, you well, really you wait, wait. I thought I thought Boston's turnovers were ugly. You must think they're even worse than that. 
Let me say, if Hero is back, okay. not without Hero, I don't think they do that. Um, yeah, I'd like to see one more. Not game that I think Hero, Hero is like, yeah, not that I think Hero is like a huge deal, but I think that um, they can't play their best without him. But he me. is a guy. He is a guy who, when the offense for some dumb reason is feeding the scrubs, he'll start getting them yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And he's got a good feel for that, so. I do think yeah. he helps him a lot with the struggles. Yeah, so I, I'll say with Hero, healthy, and I don't know what's what's up with Jimmy. If he's hurt, if he's not, I think um, they can beat them twice. Yeah, with Hero, but without him, without Hero, I, I think I would agree with you. If here, for some reason, if Hero's done, I'm I'm with you. I think it'll be Boston first. Uh, I think Boston will go back to back, and then. Miami and then Boston in yeah. uh in Miami to close it out. But Boston should win the next two games. It should be over. We should, Boston <laughs> should be the fucking NBA champion. <laughs> I I won't let it yeah. go all summer if they don't even make it to yeah. the damn finals. But but how they have lost is why I said that I think they need a point guard. That's the only reason. I don't think they need more talent. I don't think that Marcus Smart isn't good. I love Marcus Smart. You know, I've been saying for the last four years, Marcus Smart is the most impactful player in the league. But turn the ball over. Your two-star players cannot have 13 turnovers no, in a game, no, man. That's just sick. They just can't. And Kimba, when Kimba was there, we saw how quick the leadership helped them. Like, we noticed their, the leadership changed. And the ball movement immediately changed after Kyrie left. And it wasn't just because Kyrie was – they had a leader for once. But he just couldn't give it give them anything on offense after a while. Couldn't give them anything on defense after a while. But now – Derek White played fantastic in the last game, by the way. I meant to say. we I forgot to shout him out. He looked amazing. First quarter, he was the best player on the court first quarter. Yeah. You but, know what it is uh, for me, and we've disagreed on the, the their need for a point guard. I, I just, like, I, I've seen Tatum and Brown do what it takes for them to win a championship. I I agree. I've seen it. Don't get, it's just, again, yeah, I agree. it hasn't been sustained a lot by Tatum's recurring shot selection problems. That's been a problem, yeah. But I think the other thing is Tatum is just not a playmaker. No matter how hard they try, no matter how much he fools people some nights by making some nice plays, he is not a playmaker at all. It's just not him. And I think when they do have him going out there trying to run plays and be the ball-dominant guy, it's just not his game. It it just stifles the offense and it turns into turnovers. Brown, too. Brown is not a... I don't want Brown bringing the ball up court every time down court. They're just like, and that I, I don't think they need the a point guard to not have the ball all the fucking time. Well, that it depends how they use him, right? Yeah. He may not have the ball all the time, but he might. You know, if it's Gabe Vincent, he's not going to have the ball all the time, and he's just going to be out there shooting, you know, shooting threes. But if it's, 
This is not a lot of, like, you know, if it's Mike Conley, he'll have the ball enough to start the play. Yeah, but and then, I-, I thought, like, White starting, because Smart didn't play in game four. Um, I don't think we even mentioned that, but uh, White no, starting, like, he had the ball. Before that, uh-huh. he'd come into the fucking game, and he's the spot-up threat, even though he's bricked since he got there. Like, he was doing all these things that weren't really to his game. It When you're saying when he plays good or bad? Bad. Yeah, I agree. Like, they put and, him and out this there, game... and, like, they've put him out there, obviously, all the time, but the game he starts, he looks like a point guard. Because he initiated himself, established himself as a threat right away in this game. And a lot of times he doesn't. A lot of times he does just go out there, pass it, and is spotting up. This game, he was going to the basket. You know, he would pass it, and he'd go get open, and he was open. He was taking shots. Whether he made them or not, he was aggressive, and he was a threat. They can't have anyone on the team not be a threat in the game. Like, they can't have Rondo out there passing it and then just... Not being able to spot up, not being able to score. I mean, that that's what makes White look good for them at times. Because he can score even when he doesn't have the ball. You know, he cuts well most of the time. He gets out on breaks. Whoever they get, if they need somebody, they need someone that can at least be a threat at all times. Yes, take the ball. For sure. I need somebody to take the ball out of Brown and Tatum's hands, but not just for the sake of it. Like, it's got to be for a purpose. Yeah. And the thing is, they need someone that if you're overplaying them, I'm going to get off. And if you're overplaying me, I'm going to get a play for somebody. They don't really have that at all. And the only way they have it is if Brown and Tatum do it. And that, you know, it doesn't work sometimes. And then if they do it, it's turnover nightmare. So either way, they could come out of this. And they can win a championship. I, by no means, do not believe they can win a championship. I do think they can win a championship. I think they can win these games. But I don't trust them to. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of not trusting, the Lakers have found their finalists for their coaching uh, position, head coach position. The finalists are Darvin Ham who was an assistant coach at Milwaukee Bucks, played for a long time. I think he played for the Nuggets. Bro, he's been – he played for a lot of teams. Uh, yeah. I will say he's been Budenholzer's assistant for fucking – like since the 60-win Hawk team for sure. Yeah. Even way before that, I'm pretty sure he was his assistant. Yeah, he's been with Budenholzer for a really long time. Budenholzer trusts him a lot. Um then uh, Terry Sots, who, if you've listened to the podcast for the last year, you know how we feel about Terry Sots. We don't need to go too deep into that. And then Kenny Atkinson is their, uh, the third candidate. Kenny Atkinson coached at the Nets. He is Lost his job assistant. unfairly. Very unfairly. He's an assistant at, uh, for the Warriors right now, right? Yeah, so and doing well, doing well with the Warriors. I've never seems, seen him. Seems look like bad. they like him and respect him. I've never, like, yeah, he's me never. Either. I mean, obviously, you don't really notice assistant coaches, but every 
coaching staff he's been on has been good. The, the, and they've respected him. Right. The little bit we've seen him head coaching, I only saw his teams, his Brooklyn teams, exceed expectations. Me too. So. Me too. I mean, I don't even want to deep dive that he's the best candidate out of the three by far. Yeah. But, and I'm not trolling. I, I don't got a problem. Even Stotts, I think, is a decent coach. They might mm-hmm. as well hire, like, bum-ass, like, Vinny Del Negro or somebody. Bro, the Lakers, let me make something crystal fucking clear. The Lakers are in no way slick. In no way. And them... them see that. Them trying to, like, create this um, coaching hiring process, like, like, we're working to fix what just went wrong. Bro, we talked prior to the end of the season... And I fucking shit on them as an organization. And you kind of like, you didn't really embrace that because you were looking at their how they were playing more and Russ and LeBron. Yeah. Since then, they couldn't fire their coach correctly, by the way. Yeah, that was awkward. They couldn't, fired they couldn't the fire a coach right. Uh, Juwan mm-hmm. Howard, by the way, turned him down. Yeah, but Juwan has his two sons on the Michigan team. I'm not, I'm not... That's fine. That's fine. That's cool. That's cool. I'm not saying he did it because the Lakers are awful, even though it's a good chance for that. But his and his wife keep saying it's not because of his sons; it's because of the Lakers. But let's be honest: who who wants to give up coaching your alma mater and your sons are you know? No, I'm with you. And by the way, I'm not saying not saying there's anything nefarious about Juwan Howard because I like Juwan Howard. But a lot of those coaches get their sons' scholarship in their deals. And when they go, the Suns go. It happens all the time. You know what sucks is Jawan Howard is the exact coach they need. Yeah, he is. They need a former player <laughs> who could reach the fuck. Who, when he speaks, the roster listens. Yeah, that's. I really, I couldn't care less that Jawan's never coached an NBA game. Like any anybody, I don't care about their experience. This is not. He, well, he assistant coached Miami for yeah, a long yeah, time. Yeah, but my point is the experience is not important. Yeah. Right. I need I need but he has, a voice. At least he has rings. He's not like Steve Nash. You know, he has rings as an assistant coach at least. Look, Brooklyn is I'll, – I'll leave Brooklyn alone for now. But the, yeah, my yeah. problem is, like, they have covered up how fucking disgusting they were with this idea that oh we'll get a new coach and trend in the right direction right let's not forget that the only person who officially threw Frank Vogel under the bus is Russell fucking Westbrick right and this organization is so fucking trash that because and I'm not surprised that they're not doing shit about Russ because you know it's one thing to wave a guy who's washed up, but it's four years, 60 million versus a guy who's maybe not even washed up. He's just dumb, but he's 47 mil for the year. I mean, that, just the financial yeah. toll of that is impossible. I get that you don't, you can't wave him. Right. But the moment Russell lets some kind of stupid foolishness come out his mouth about what went wrong this season, as if he would fucking know. <laughs> like honestly, is he does he strike you as a guy with self awareness? No. No. 
We know that. So, yeah. so this Lakers organization is so bad, they embraced Russell's dumbass comments and said, yo, Vogel, you'd escape, go get the fuck out. Again, I don't understand why you couldn't let him out the door correctly and with some fucking respect. He did win you a mm -hmm. title. Mm -hmm. But that, again, it's just this organization keeps proving how trash they are. <sighs> At every turn with the simplest things like firing coaches, they can't do that shit right. I am not going to disagree but I, I'm going to offer a conflicting viewpoint. LeBron James is an organization murderer. He's an organization assaulter. He comes and he beats the crap out of the organizations until they're just left with a bunch of broken bones, a broken face, and picking up the pieces, picking up all the dismembered fingers and arms they have and trying to put it together he's done it uh cleveland once uh he did it to miami and in, in my opinion he did it to miami some people think he didn't but i think miami was garbage after he left they could they could do nothing after that they he took d wade with him by the way took him right off the miami d. roster had, came back by the way he's d wade sucked yeah. everywhere else but when he came back well chicago he was all right but he sucked everywhere else I think he sucked in Chicago. I, I, for some reason, it did look like he was good in Chicago, but I don't think he was good in Chicago. And then um, Cleveland, he did it again. And Cleveland is just now picking up the pieces to that disaster. You go to the finals and you don't even make the playoffs for the rest of the time. Like no other team, if Greek Freak left the Bucks right now, they'll still make the playoffs. Like there's no one else to me in the league that if their best player leaves, they don't make the even to play in the next season other than LeBron. And it's just because of what he does to the rosters. He gets guys on one-year deal, so when he leaves, you don't have anyone that you had on the roster anymore. Even this team, next year, is going to be LeBron, AD, and Russ, and no one else is going to come back. No one else has a two-year deal. <coughs> Look, with, and with LeBron, the thing is, I think... Go ahead. I think he was a big part in why the team felt that they had to choose Westbrook because over Vogel who won a ring won a championship with them because <laughs> LeBron can't get rid of Westbrook either but LeBron can get rid of Vogel and you can, you can hire someone else to fill his spot like you said they could hire Vinny Del Negro and LeBron is still going to be the one coaching most games so <laughs> it really doesn't matter but I think for me, this is more on the team, on the franchise, not having a backbone to say, you know what, LeBron, this isn't it. We're just going to do what we got to do. So I, that's why I said I don't disagree with you. But my other viewpoint is not that them just being a bad franchise, because without LeBron, I don't think they're a bad franchise or a bad organization, I should say. Historically, I'm with you. Last 10 yeah. years... They've been, it, but it's all fucking... because of loyalty. They had loyalty to Kobe, rightfully so. Bro, okay, but... okay. Let's let's talk about you know loyalty how, you know to Kobe. Know. I'm with you. like obviously you're gonna be loyal to your star player. If anybody doesn't do that, like that's a stain on the organization. Okay, 
okay, you're lo- yeah. you're loyal to Kobe. That's one of the things an organization is supposed to do when an aging superstar is on his way out. Yeah. Did they have a plan for Kobe's last no. few years? For the few years Not after really. Kobe? With any of the Not draft really. picks they took? Any of the coaching well, or management decisions they made? I thought they made good draft picks, personally. But it, I thought their draft picks have been good. It ruins it no? when you don't buy into any of them. That's true. Yeah. That to That's me, true. again, we talked about this. All their guys have gone on to be better since leaving. Yeah. So All of them. Bro, and, and it, the real culprit here is Jeannie Buss. And mm-hmm. I know you saw, um, I think it was right after the season, in the first round, she did some weird-ass interview. The, that podcast thing? Yeah, it was like some columnist yeah. she talked to or some shit. But she exposed yeah, that, herself. that was weird. She exposed herself. <laughs> goes back to loyalty. She goes, what happened is, I'm not quoting, what happened is obviously unacceptable. I'm going to make tough, I'm going to make tough choices. But wait a minute. I also don't question... Phil Jackson ever. I don't question Rob Palenka ever. I don't question Kurt and Linda Rambis. God knows what the fuck they're doing there. So hold up. So after the disaster we just watched, you don't question anything going on, really? Now, I'm going to get killed for having Phil Jackson slander because he's a friend, friend of the family. But he was never like... The coaches now have a lot more uh, say in their roster than he they did in the nineties. wasn't that 90s. guy. Exactly. His job was just to coach the games. So I think uh, Jeannie, I guess, th- believes that he can do other things than coach the game. That's not what he's. That's not his expertise. Not what he's trained in. That's not what he's ever been paid for, other than on the Knicks, which is a disaster. So. Um, I mean, bro. I just wanted to make that point real quick. And look, you're right. I think a lot of people have said that about Phil. Besides coaching, he has not shown the ability to be elite at any other level of like running an organization. So I don't understand. Right, I don't understand why you're sitting there different. taking his word like it's fucking law. Right. It it is crazy that she does. I mean, that, the yeah. shit she said. She even goes like. Um, like Linda, Linda Rambis is my advisor. She doesn't have anything to do with basketball. Yet Linda Rambis is the one who like introduces the players to Los Angeles when they arrive. Yeah, that that's not that's yeah. not Linda working for the fucking Lakers. Right, I, but dude, I I'm I'm completely with you. It's a a shit show. It's not nepotism, but it's a good old boy system that they have there now and it's been a disaster I, i'm completely with you it's been a disaster since kobe was there really since the dwight howard and steve nash trade was the first time i noticed you know the lakers are out of control after that it's just been a complete downhill decline since that year's situation Bro, it really has everything it, has I'll, went downhill to, hate that to looks like to... the trade of the century by the way when it happened yeah, I hate to keep bringing up Kobe, but bro, Kobe wouldn't even stay at their fucking games after he retired. 
I know. Really? <laughs> like, and I heard people are like, oh, he's got like family shit. Why would he come to the fucking game? I've never heard right. of a soul on planet Earth say, I'm going to go to the game and then dip out because I got shit to do. And the other thing people don't understand is he doesn't have to sit on the floor. No. Most of the guys, the alumni or former players, go sit in the box with the oh. owner, with the people who treated him right. They, when they retired his number, he didn't stay for the whole game because the the basketball uh, basketball display that was being forth, put forth for the fan base was disrespectful. Obviously, yeah. he won't say that. Obviously, we can't confirm that. But let's keep it as, again, there's no reason for him to just get up in the middle of the fucking game and leave. <laughs> I'm with you. And then, You're right about and then that. another point, Laker games were so bad, Kobe was bringing his kids to games and talking about the other team, the other players. Yeah. Because there's nothing interesting about the fucking them. Lakers. They were taking pictures with the other players. 100%. Yeah. But because there's nothing the other interesting about the on Lakers. The floor. Yeah. Again, I think Jeannie Buss yeah. is entirely to blame for this. And I think we'll get a repeat of what we just saw. Thing is, man, it's... I I agree, but it's tough to go against LeBron, man. It's tough. Oh. Especially after he won a championship. It's too late now. You're right. It's too no, late. No, it is... It's, it's too late. It's too late now. But I'm saying, early this season, mid season, it's tough to say. You know what, LeBron? Just it, I don't care what you say. It's not working. It's tough. Bro, he puts these teams in a stranglehold, dude. But this is this is the first time he put a team together, and he really made the final move of the roster, or the first yeah. big move of the roster, and it was a, a one of the biggest mistakes ever. This is the first time it was. It's been a mistake. Exactly. It is. Exactly. Yeah. So now, like, <clears throat> the Lakers, and, and I pray somebody one day asks LeBron how he chose Russ over DeRozan and Heald. Like, that's I don't know if we'll ever get that explanation. Probably not. Yeah. But this is, and again, the Lakers are so. Tra- another reason they're so trash is because they've embraced everything you said. What was the first thing they did when the season ended? They they called out LeBron and, and company for running oh, the yeah. fucking team. What did they do yeah. middle of the season when the team was collapsing and everybody was trashing them? And I mean, they were just disaster every fucking day, every game they were getting destroyed. Oh, yeah. we can't do anything with Russ, LeBron. You got to stick it out. This is your choice. Right. Lakers went out of their right. way. To say, hey guys, this is LeBron's fault. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if it is LeBron's fault. Everybody knows it is. LeBron is the best player yeah. on the fucking planet. Top three player of all time. He couldn't fucking play defense once out of 82 games. And, and that's and that's where him as the GM doesn't work because he never makes moves to fill his weaknesses. No. Right? Because, like, Westbrook does the same thing LeBron does, just not as good most of the time. So, he never says, yo, we need, like, Crowder to play defense on guys I'm not going to play defense on. It's always like, all right, let's just get whoever I want, and I'll just figure out the rest. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. And the Lakers are definitely feeling the blowback of that. So, I'm I'm with you, man. 
Yeah, I think I, I think part you. of the problem is LeBron. LeBron really doesn't. I don't think LeBron really cares. No, he's. Not. I think he's comfortable. LeBron's that, Jason. No. He's beating Kareem next year. Light work, you know. He's good. Yeah. Maybe maybe after he beats Kareem, if he's still healthy, he'll like force the Lakers to do something, or or maybe they'll do something themselves, which would be nice, but. Yeah. No coach, no coach saves this mess. Real quick, do you think the Kareem record is going to stand? Will LeBron's record is going to stand? Yeah, I think guys like Luca and Trey got a got a real shot at it. I mean, the points Luca puts up in his third year, bro. Donovan is up there. How many years do you those know? guys have to last? I don't think Luca will last as long as a Trey or Donovan. Bro, Donovan but, limps out of every playoff run. Yeah, but I'm thinking he doesn't have to do that forever. But Luca just is Luca gonna be able to stay in shape for 15 years? Oh, I don't think Trey Young will be able to dominate for 15 years. We'll see. I mean, I just I, I don't know. I'm not that. That's the one thing LeBron has over all these guys is he's dominated the league for way longer yeah i just his and he's just he's one of the few of who can dominate he's one of the few who can dominate with another good player on his team right so right and LeBron, i'm not sure those three guys can do that yeah to lebron's credit like d wade Kyrie, none of those guys ever limited that he's a top five player of all time exactly yeah so and the the three guys I named that are young, putting up a lot of points. I mean, even Edwards, those guys, uh, they may not be able to do that. Yeah, they may well, have a, not be able to play with another top 10 player in the league and still look like the better of the top 10 players in the league. I mean, bro, if Tatum if Tatum comprehended the concept of consistent basketball, he'd, he'd be in the conversation. Because he's yeah, a, he's he an easy – if he could consistently score 25, like – he committed to the shot selection and, and he was eager to be an efficient player. Yeah. Oh, he I have no doubt on this Boston team he could average 30. Yeah, I agree. So uh, a lot of guys are capable, but I I don't think anybody's going to catch LeBron anytime soon. I don't think so either. I was just posing the question. I was curious. I don't think so either. Um what else? What else do we have? Any more NBA? Oh, we agree. Kenny Atkinson is the best. Yeah, is the um, I kinda most hope likely. Charlotte just sneaks basketball. him away. Charlotte last. Second I hope Charlotte gets a good coach, gets man. His, gets him in there. Uh, There's a lot of good options out there. Mark Jackson, since he's actually putting his name out there, he's available. I think D'Antoni would be good for Charlotte. I kind of like how that sounds. I think Mark um, Jackson is a good name for the Lakers. Yeah, because he's a guy that they listen to. I don't. His, he's not a finalist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why, but it is what it is. I was hoping he got the Sacramento job. Yeah. But. <laughs> but again, the Lakers, uh, they're just so disgusting, oh, bro. And they've like, they've let all the 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 news that makes you look bad leak. Like they, yeah. they, the leak came out that they're talking to coaches about how they're gonna incorporate Russell Westbrook. 
I mean, that's you. That's literally, to me, that's you shouting, it was our point guard's fault. New coach, are you going to be able to fix what was wrong this season? But anyone who doesn't think that LeBron is in those meetings via conference call, via Zoom, anyone who thinks he's not there is an idiot. Because we know for a fact LeBron is heavily involved. And he probably is the one asking, how are you going to use Russ? Because it has to be to his liking. Because he'll probably say, oh, you're going to have him bring the ball up and he's going to be the guy looking for stats. No, I'm good. I'm good. Next, next, next call. Who's at three o'clock? That's what he, that's probably what he's doing. If he doesn't like it, because he's the only one who can really gauge whether using Westbrook is gonna work or not. Like Jeannie Buss doesn't know. I mean, no offense to her, but she doesn't know anything about basketball as far as how they're gonna use Russ. Bro, that doesn't matter to her. What the fuck does Kurt Rambis know about how they're gonna use Russ? <laughs> And by the way, in that same interview I mentioned, she tried to flex how Kurt Rambis has been around the fucking game for years, and he's been a he's been a championship player, and he's been a champion as an assistant. Like Jack Nicholson has been around the NBA game for fifty years, so what? I don't want to take any team advice from him either. Fuck, dude, that shit was really crazy. Like, I'm I'm gonna make the tough choices. But I also I I don't I trust everybody who feeds me fucking info, no problem. Jack has probably been to more Lakers games than Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, you know LeBron is in those meetings. He, you know, he's the one on the phone asking about the Westbrook thing, because no other, no one else in the organization would ask that. I- Nobody. It just really bothers me that LeBron isn't embarrassed by what just happened to them. You don't think he is? Maybe maybe privately he is. Maybe he'll come out and light it up, make a little early MVP case next year. But I hate when he does that. I, he probably will, but I hate when he does it. I'm only, he comes out like Oh, go ahead. I just I'm only watching the Lakers next year for to see if AD and LeBron want to earn some respect. Because they lost a lot of think, that shit. Uh, AD lost pretty much all of it. You know who lost the most of my respect this season? It's a wild one, so you may you may have to think about Don't it. Don't say one of their shitty ass role players. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo threw all the respect I had for him in the garbage this season. Why? Why did he go to the Lakers? For what reason? Banana boat. What you mean? You didn't want to come back to New York, huh? Where we embraced you. We loved you, Carmelo. Portland gave you a shot when no one else in the league wanted you on the roster. The league deemed you, like, not an NBA player anymore. And Portland gave you a shot and you just dip. You go to the Lakers and don't even make the play-in? For LeBron. Portland was like one game out of making the play-in. They were closer to making the play-in than the Lakers were. Again, again, I I thought they quit from, I thought All-Star break, they took the extra long weekend off, and then they quit. Like, which was just ridiculous. But that, that to me is where, like, LeBron... Your critics really only question whether you're a winner or not. Like nobody this season, you mean? 
just in general because you know the the 2011 and 2014 and just a lot of fine yeah. finals L's but yeah. it, like nobody questions his game his production you know any of the stats obviously but you go right. out there and you don't even look like you care about going I, I didn't see LeBron caring about going to the playoffs not me either I, I I think you're right that is all that's ever questioned because this season he's he shot better than I've ever seen LeBron shoot like threes threes jump shots best I've ever seen LeBron shoot I mean, nothing else has left his game. He got up as high as I thought, as he used to, it seemed like, sometimes. Um, as far as this season went, I don't I don't think anyone questioned that he was still probably the best player in the league. I mean, I know some people throwing some other names out there, but if they're really being honest, LeBron is still the best player in the league. But it's just like crazy. Said, it's it's crazy because they is quit trying? on Russ first, and then they quit trying to win games second. And it was only like two weeks apart, which was, was really dumb. <laughs> That's, that just shows, By that point, what's the point? It shows the leadership on the roster was just non-existent. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were like fucking... I'm sure the, the locker rooms that Brooklyn had after their playoff disaster, after the multiple playoff... I'm sure the Lakers had those locker rooms like half the year, if not more. So do you... Even with the coaching talk, do you really believe Westbrook is going to be on the Lakers next season? Yeah. They committed to him right away. The full season? The full season? Full season. I'm really confident that he's probably going to be worse, Um, which mm-hmm. is just hard to imagine what that would look like. But, yeah, I think he's going to be on the Lakers, and he's going to make it. Is he part of the rotation? Maybe not. You think they're going to bench him? Like John Wall style? You have to. Because Vogel would have Vogel was right in benching him and you couldn't commit to that. Even though even though Bruh. I love how they didn't commit to it, but when Vogel did it, oh, it was the right call. We had to fucking make it. I don't think Westbrook is as shot as most people think he is. I really don't. He's shot but, up here. I'm not sure if he ever had it up there, to be honest no, no, with you. No, 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 no. no offense. Like, it's No it's offense self- to him. Not saying he's dumb. He's always made silly plays, but it's selfish now. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Like, it's just like, the, bro, the, just how disgusting his turnovers are. And for him to think I'm entitled to have the ball all the time, that's just, that's pure selfishness. I really don't think his his turnovers are any more disgusting. He's led the league in turnovers before he got to the Lakers. Multiple times. Oh, but the team, like... I, I Like, Tatum's turnovers are disgusting. Brown had the game where he had disgusting. But they've never... I mean, Westbrook has averaged five turnovers a game. These guys get five turnovers. That's, like, the worst game in a while. Yeah. Westbrook has averaged that. <laughs> like, that's normal. gross. Have you ever not noticed Westbrook's not... turnovers? I've always noticed them. That's that's why I'm saying this season hasn't been like a, yo, his turnovers are worse than ever. But, I mean, the OKC ones, he would throw it right to the other team a lot of times. Nah, no way, bro. Not like this. I mean, he's throwing bro, he, lobs he would... that DeAndre Jordan has no hope of reaching. 
he would throw Terrence Ferguson lobs and uh, Stephen Adams lobs when and no one Steven was there. Stephen Adams caught them most of the time. And, bro, but he he led the league in turnovers. That's all I'm saying. It's not like he's a all of a sudden Westbrook turns the ball over. He's been doing that his whole career. All right, you're right. Let's let's just the turnovers have been consistent. You know what hasn't? The mid-range pull-up hitting the side of the fucking backboard and nothing else. That's new. That is yeah, new. That is new. And the team, I mean, how demoralizing they look when Russ does dumb shit. I've never seen that before. Like like honestly, they look they look like they can't they can't oh, like they can't not show their disgust. And the wide open air balls from three, that, that's bad. Yeah, him don't get me wrong. The Russell... fucking follow through like that shit was a clean release all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just infuriating. Don't get me wrong. He's playing terrible. I just don't think he's like. I, I just don't see his clock like out. I don't see that. Well, I mean, if we're looking at I mostly think the same guys, yeah. I mean, where what the fuck are they gonna do? They're not keeping most of these guys. <clears throat> yeah. They really I, are. I imagine, There's no way. Yeah, I imagine because they're cheap and one-year guys, most of them, I imagine. I think Monk is probably the only guy that's coming back. I, I just, like you said, bro, I, I need some fucking defensive players. I forgot what you were talking about, but you, you mentioned defensive players at one point. I, I said LeBron never uh, yeah. recruits yeah. To, for his uh, weaknesses. Yeah. yeah, and like... I mean, they got they got Stanley Johnson, and he gave them a combined like weeks worth of defense, and that got him yeah. a, like a permanent spot on the team. Just think about that. He played defense, dude. I I for refuse like to believe games. Vogel is that crazy. I that's that's what I'm saying. I don't think Vogel but was I, in I charge of shit like this. I cut him a little bit of slack because. They had guys hurt, like, every game this season. Like, and it was just random people. Ellington is missing 10 games. Like, I didn't even see Ellington get hurt, but he's out for however long. Um, uh, Ariza, I, like, I don't – Ariza was hurt every month, it felt like. And he didn't even start the season off with him. Avery Bradley, I never knew where he was, when he was going to play or if he wasn't. And I would seem like go ahead. game time, they'd say – Seemed like his games were always game time decisions, whether he was playing or not. He'd play one game, then five minutes before the game, Avery Bradley isn't starting tonight. I, I just like Ariza and Bradley, they're not in the league to make shots. And, uh, and yet, I'm be honest. I, oh, good. I just, Stanley Johnson gave more defensive effort than they did. The biggest problem with this team. They had a bunch of guys that really don't want to play. Anthony Davis, I've seen Anthony Davis quit on his team, sit out half a season. Cool. Westbrook, I think Westbrook likes to play, but I think Westbrook makes too much money. I don't think, I think he cares he about got, the outcome at all. Yeah, I think he got spoiled a while back. Maybe his MVP year got spoiled, and now he really doesn't care about what happens in the game as long as he gets paid. Ariza has quit on his team multiple times. Bradley has quit on his team. He quit on this team in the bubble. Yep. Um, As did Ariza, I believe. Right. Ariza was on Portland and quit on Portland in the bubble. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Mello, I think Mello loves to play, and it's more of like a, uh, um, like proving that he can play is why he plays. But I don't think Mello, Mello's done everything in his career. I don't think he really feels like he has anything to prove from like winning games. So, I mean, and Dwight Howard, we've questioned if Dwight wanted to play since he left Orlando. 15 years ago? Yeah, he got his title. Yeah, so I think it's a lot of guys who... Playing is cool, but... Do I really want to play? Eh. Let's just go out there and let's just get our... Let's just earn our paycheck. You know, somebody made a good point, and we can close it out on this. Uh, Yeah. Somebody who I talk to about basketball who's not... And, like, they'll tell you they're not... They just watch. They don't play... They're not like a super detailed fan. They just watch. They like basketball. They watch it. Yeah. He made the point, if LeBron wasn't on the Lakers, they'd be the laughing stock of the basketball. And and in, what makes what it way? worse, because they were just disgusting. They couldn't guard anybody. Oh, oh. Just this year, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have been the, like, Westbrook was already a laughing stock. AD's pretty much there as well yeah lebron was there and they were still almost the laughing the laugh they still pretty much were the fucking laughing stock by the end of the year yeah they had one of the three greatest basketball players to ever fucking touch the sport and were a laughing stock and you could you know obviously that's a knock on lebron that's a knock on the lakers Either. They had three top 75 players. And they were a fucking laughing. They Again, you battle the year, like injuries, any any competent reason for why you missed the playoffs, I got no problem. They're our only team currently in the league with three top 75 players. They quit. And like yeah. you said, it doesn't even look like a lot of them want to play. Right. I don't know how a coach... Did Kyrie make top 75? Yeah, that's why he had to. That's why he felt like he deserved to be on there. I mean, felt like he had to tell people he's one of the best and he thinks he's top 75. But good thing you don't get a vote, Kyrie. Anyway, uh, I think that is it for us. French Open has started. Djokovic is back. Nadal is back. Who's the young guy, man, uh, who who was killing him at Madrid? Yeah, I, I don't remember the name. I don't remember the name. I kind of felt like I needed a palate cleanser from tennis for a while, to be honest. Just because all the drama, a lot of people are hurt. Like, And now we're at a, a place where, mark my words on this, by the way. I know it's late. People probably returned us off. Medvedev, Zverev. And Pass will be the next big three of tennis, men's. It's not a hot take, but you heard it here first. They're, they'll be the new Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer probably maybe in, maybe next year, the way Djokovic is acting a fool just, as far as... Just from having... I'm not like doing. a tennis expert because I, I only watched it heavily, I would say, from like 2008 to 2012. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who who look like they're next. 
and don't. Yeah. They don't uh, live up to that. Right. I, I thought when I was watching tennis a lot, I thought there were so many. I thought Tonga was going to be a guy. Um, I thought Murray <laughs> was going to be the guy. I thought Roddick had a, a chance to be the guy. Tsonga? Yeah, bro. You don't remember him? I know. Wilfred, I, I know him. He, uh, Wilfred, I he retired. He retired today. Really? That's crazy. That's really crazy. He said this was going to be his last tournament. He got out in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I liked him a lot. It's because he... He was like in the top because a lot of the guys are good enough to stay in the top 10 and they're good enough to compete yeah. with like 10 to 3. And then <laughs> 3 to 1 just wipes the floor with them every time, bro. Bro, yeah. Djokovic, Djokovic used to fucking beat Tonga like it wasn't even a good match. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. That should make me so yeah. mad. But I, I just think in tennis. Djokovic got rid of a lot of the guys you're talking about the young guys that look like nishikori has had moments yes. he, he's still playing you but he had moments like oh could he dethrone no who was the countryman <laughs> no, uh from federer's country Wawrinka? yes yes yeah. for like a year he looked unbeatable <laughs> he Wawrinka gets hurt a lot he though. Does. i think he, he had like tommy johns in his arm or something oh, yeah. i mean that's another uh, problem is their, their injuries are common yeah. And just off of those doubts, I think out of the three, I'll probably say you'll you'll probably get one right. I don't think you're gonna go I don't three. Know, man, for these three. guys, these guys, well, Medvedev, I'll argue Medvedev's already there, so I, he he's not a surprise because he's already he just won the Olympics, but um, uh, Tsitsipas and Zverev, they're they're tough, man. I mean, they're really, 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 really good. But the thing is, they're not going to be anything until Djokovic and Nadal stop playing. So don't. I'm not saying like there's going to be a passing of the that's torch. The problem. Djokovic has been like, resting a lot, so he might have in a couple of years, <laughs> refreshed years. Yeah. Remember, Nadal never finishes a year. No, yeah. Never, never finishes a full year healthy. I, I, Medvedev uh, and and Zverev have been, they've been close for a number of years. And I think yeah. I think that's the yeah. first step. You got to remain close, and then there will be a, a a specific tournament where just the dominoes will fall. You'll match up with one of them, and hopefully we'll see. Because I remember when Agassi stopped playing, and uh, then it was time for Federer. Like you said, it was Federer, Roddick, and Nadal were the three, and then Roddick. I think Roddick had some crazy injury too, but he fell off, and then Djokovic took his spot. But it was Agassi was way better than all of them. It was Agassi and Federer, and then Nadal crept up when Agassi stopped. It's always three. That's the yeah. thing. It's always three. And everybody who gets in the three has to, like, earn it. Yeah. Every single one. Do. I'm thinking back, uh, Djokovic, like – had to be four and five for a long time before he got in. I remember yeah. uh, he he definitely paid his dues. I remember a guy like Murray was a guy. He eventually got in it, and then injuries just completely told him no. But and he he kind of he kind of 
I won't say he was lucky, but he was older when he was doing that. Like most of those other guys, like Zverev and Tsitsipas and uh, Medvedev, yeah. Yeah, Murray was like 28, almost 30 by the time he started like getting good enough to be ranked top three. Yeah. But he was always in the mix. But when he started winning, he was already like but I don't know his tennis well enough. Prime was over. I don't know tennis well enough. Do you, like 15, 20 years ago, were they letting like 17, 18 year olds, you know, prodigies get in the fucking opens like easily? Uh, because I feel like now if you're like a 16 year old prodigy, they basically they lob you up a spot to emerge if you can. It's it's how you win all. It's how you win like the minor tournaments. Yeah. But yeah, like Eisner from, he's from North Carolina. Yeah, sky I think. high. What was he like six nine? He was, he was really young when he was like competing. I remember Eisner was like a kid, and it was it was weird, but it wasn't like that uncommon. No, I'm with it you. was just like, yo, this kid is like six six, and he's out here beating, you know, some of the best players. And then um, Djokovic was pretty young. Because Djokovic, he was pretty young at first. Uh, you remember, I mean, like, obviously Jokovic, young at uh, first. Djokovic but... wasn't, he was, like, on the verge for a number of years. Yeah, because Nadal and Federer were just beating everybody. Federer was just different. Djokovic paid his dues. He did. Djokovic really was, he got it out the mud, as they would say. And then he was just so dominant after that. But he definitely wasn't someone that just, all of a sudden, his first tournament, he was winning. It took him a couple years, and I always rooted for him, but it took him a couple years to start. He would beat somebody high, and then he'd get to the semifinals and he'd lose, or he'd he would um, he'd get seeded against somebody like a number one really early, and then he'd get knocked out, and yeah. then he just wouldn't get to the end. I remember uh, I remember watching Djokovic and like like damn, I need that shirt. I like that shirt. It looks so yeah. comfy, so like his, colorful. His gear is always fire. Yeah. Even his when he wasn't, even when he crazy. wasn't a goat, he looked he looked tough on the tennis court. And he he's one of he's like one of the few that has changed his endorsements every time. Yeah. Like Nadal and Federer have been Nike forever, but Djokovic was. I want to. Did he start with Adidas? I forgot who he started with. Then he went to Ticini. And now he's with Lacoste, but he had he has switched so many times. He never built that brand like Federer and uh, Nadal did. I don't know why he never uh, got a Nike deal. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. He switched up like he switched up coaching too. You know, probably different yeah. reasons. And then with Serena being gone now, like the women's tennis is. It seems like a lot of women are retiring early like retiring in their prime for some reason so that's kind of tough it's like a complete cleanse of the top female uh tennis players so it's kind of tough kind of tough kind of tough to get back into it because now you're watching a bunch of people you don't know and the names it's hard to remember all the names that are different languages and stuff. I do think so. I do think tennis is harder for a casual fan to get into now than it was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, women have been dominated by the Williams last name for too long. My whole lifetime. Yeah. yeah too long. Pretty much. So 
with women definitely is tougher because now you're like you don't know who to look at osaka lost already first round so like all the people you recognize from tv from ads and stuff they're not even they're not even winning see like osaka is one uh who who had the potential but for various reasons hasn't been able to sustain it i think sustaining greatness is like is so underrated for athletes i think it is especially in those individual sports the mental toughness the mental toughness in those individual sports is so different man i mean mental toughness in team sports is tough also because someone is always coming for your spot but if you're a great player you're just a great player but these being a great player in individual sports man you you have no one on your team you don't i mean it's not really a coach it's no strategy it's just straight talent yeah and that's tough, man. You know, to me, like, it's tough to have that on your shoulders. And that that knowing how at least my personality is, I would put an excessive amount of stress on myself because, like you said, it's all me. It comes down to me. It I is, have that yeah. luxury in basketball to you know lean on a teammate or, or do something different. In tennis, you got to figure that shit out. Yeah. And that that's yeah. a lot of. I think that's that. That kind of like that could really get to you. It can, yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, Osaka is one of those, and I'm not bashing mental health or anything, but she's one of those that there's no question about her skills, her talent is no question. It was always about whether she can deal with it mentally. Yeah. And um, yeah, it is what it is. But that's the problem with a lot of the tennis players, I think. And Americans just have never been good in tennis. Like men. Yeah. We'll be good for two years. And Soccer is the same James way. Blake was good for a little while. Uh, Eisner still has been like in the 20s his whole career of rankings. Uh, Roddick was good for a second. We had a female tennis player that was, I forgot her name, but she was good for a little while. They just don't last. Because it's like, just like basketball, the Europeans learn different fundamentals than us, and we go over there and get waxed. Yeah. So, anyway, tennis tangent for those who uh, stuck around. Um, But that is it for us today. Thank you for listening. We will be back definitely before the finals. We'll see how long the Boston series goes. If Boston goes to seven, maybe we'll come back before game seven. Um. Looking forward to the finals, man. Regardless of who comes out the East, I'm looking forward I'm, to it. I'm my I'm more focused on who's coming out the East. I need to see who who does that. Yeah, because you know what is it? 188 to zero of up 3-0. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, with Dallas, um, I would be interested. Like if they do the Toronto thing, and they they get mm-hmm. to six. Yeah, I'd be, I'd definitely like be interested to see six, but yeah, these next two three games, I'm not really pressed to see if they if there's even that many. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Anyway, thank you for listening. New merch is on the way um, on our site. I'll post about that when it happens. Um, make sure you subscribe, share. Uh, hit us up, 
comment, leave stars, all that good stuff, all the streaming platforms. Uh, Again, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time.